This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay on what's been another gloriously sunny day in Kent, Tuesday the 30th of March. More on that in just a bit, but first, one of our most read stories today is that the future of a karting circuit in Kent, where Lewis Hamilton started his career, is in doubt following a decision by planning bosses. Bucknell Park in Chatham had been hoping to rent out its overflow car park to commercial tenants to generate income. But that's been rejected by Tunbridge and Morling Council. Bosses at the track say the application was their last hope to save the business and are now considering their options, which include putting it up for sale. Well, Dan Wright is the news editor of our paper in Ashford, but also a huge motor racing fan. And this is really sad news, isn't it, Dan? Very sad for Butmore Park because it's not just a big part of Kent's motorsport history, but it's without the history, it's a superb little circuit in its own right. It's the home of karting in Kent, really. There's other circuits in the county, Bayford Meadows in Sittingbourne and Lyd on the Romney Marsh, but Butmore really is the karting place, not just for Kent, but for Britain, really, because it's where Lewis Hamilton, Johnny Herbert, Jensen Button, to name just a few, learnt their craft. And to see it in a state where it could close is very sad, Yeah, not just for the county, but for the country, I'd say. I remember seeing those pictures of a very little Lewis Hamilton uh, racing there when he was much, much younger. As you, as you say, careers really ha- have kicked off at the circuit, haven't they? C- certainly. Careers have been started at Butmore for since 1963 when it started out and it celebrated its 50th anniversary in 2013 it was a weekend of celebration you had f1 drivers come along who had started their careers there and you just thought this is just a it's going to go on for decades and it was sold by bill sisley longtime owner in 2015 and john surtees late great john surtees bought the circuit and improved it the look of it is really looks top notch and after john passed away a few years ago his daughter Leonora has been looking after the circuit and they say in their statement that with Covid hitting and they've been shut for more than 200 days since the start of the pandemic they feel they need this warehouse and distribution facility well a distribution facility really there was previously a plan for a warehouse on the paddock but they ditched that and replaced it with this open air storage facility that they hope will gain the money they need to keep the venue going and now that plan's been rejected it does leave a question mark over its future most certainly i mean there is an awful lot of money tied up in motorsport i suppose you kind of think well surely someone maybe who's made their career starting at the track could could come in and, and help them out yeah a lot of people are saying that can't Lewis Hamilton come and help out? But you have to remember that, although he may be known for starting at Butmore, he raced at many, many other circuits around the country as well. And it's not just Butmore where he started out. It's one of many in a calendar. So, he, yeah, he he's not just got Butmore to thank for launching his career. And, yeah, it, may, it could be possible that a group could be put together, maybe, who knows. But, yeah, it's, when people sort of pick on 
Jensen Button or Lewis Hamilton, come on, put your hands in your pocket and help out. You do sort of feel that, yeah, they've got a lot of money and they're very successful, but just to help out one circuit when they raced at many growing up, yeah, it doesn't really feel fair just to say, come on, save the circuit. It's, it's not really their job to come in and do that. But I mean, the, the fate of Butmore Park hasn't been sealed yet. Um, I'm sure everyone's going to be fi- keeping their fingers crossed that something can be done to save the site. That's right. It's hopefully not the end for it. They're going to appeal, possibly appeal the planning decision. They had these plans for the open where open distribution site on the paddock, which has upset racers who use the karting circuit because the plot of land where they plan for this storage facility is on the existing paddock, which is when you drive past Butmore on a busy weekend and look down from the M2 onto the land, you'll see many gazebos, little tents and trucks with drivers working on their carts before they go out onto circuit and where they're planning to build this distribution facility is on the paddock. So that's why a number of owner drivers are frustrated by the plan because they fear it's the end of proper kart racing at Butmore and that is where Lewis Hamilton, Button and co learnt their craft and race. They've raced in these competitive owner driver events and with the storage and distribution facility planned, there's a big wonder of what will happen there. Would just that would be the end of owner driver racing. It's hasn't been held regularly at the circuit for four years, but there were plans to bring it back this year and it, it has frustrated owner driver kart racers who fear that why can't it be used and if there is a distribution facility built there then they've lost their paddock and that would mean no proper racing kent online news Back to the weather then, and it's set to get even warmer tomorrow, according to forecasters. But with the good weather coinciding with the easing of lockdown, there's another warning not to break the rules. Changes that came in yesterday mean we can only meet in groups of six or two households outdoors, but have to maintain social distancing. We can take part in outdoor sports too. But the Prime Minister says we don't know exactly how strong the UK's defences against another wave of Covid would be. Professor Martin Michaelis is an expert in molecular medicine at the University of Kent. The transmission risk is really low outside. So if we adhere to the current rules, nothing should really happen. And we should really be able to continue the quite promising path that we are on. But it all depends on us. Yeah, We always have to remember if we all were prudent enough and careful enough, we could stop the spread of COVID-19 or at least control it, keep it low. You mentioned the risks of transmission outside. How important is that, that social distance outside as well? Does it completely cut the risk of spreading the virus on? So it's always about probability. So it's, no, it's never going down to zero. So if you go inside, it's completely different. But as long as we adhere to these rules, the transmission risk should actually be very, very low. It's, it's very important to always remember that two meters also apply when we have a mask. Yeah, It's a mask and two meters. It's not a mask or two meters. No, absolutely. Looking at the current coronavirus rates across the county, current rolling rates across Kent and Medway, about 35 cases per 100,000 significantly lower than the peaks we saw around Christmas time. You mentioned that mixing indoors and the importance of that not happening. Do you think the problem is more, though, that people will bend the rules further than they actually are to suit them? You know, let's be honest, yes, we've got a heat wave this week, but the problem is if it does get a bit cold and you're in a private garden 
you might be tempted to go inside, but there's great risk that comes with that. Obviously, we have a chance if we bring the numbers really down to very low levels, much lower than they are at the moment. We have wriggle room. We have a way to, if numbers go up, to do something without sweeping lockdowns. In the end, I think it's a bit like probably everybody knows about these experiments with little children who are offered a biscuit. But if they are able to sit in front of it for 15 minutes, they get a second one. And those children who manage to do that, sitting in front of a biscuit without eating it early, they actually get the second one and they get on better in life generally. And so far, we have always eaten our biscuits early. And now a bit of perseverance, endurance, just finishing this off so that we get to the low numbers that enable us to sustainably open up come what may. Well, the Met Office reckon today could be the hottest March day in more than 50 years. Latest coronavirus figures meantime show that cases in Kent were up by more than a fifth in the week to last Wednesday. About 670 people tested positive across the county, with infection rates highest in Thanet, Swale and Dartford. But the number of people in hospital with COVID-19 has dropped significantly since the start of the year. And investigations found the Metropolitan Police acted appropriately at a vigil for Sarah Everard, who was found dead near Ashford after going missing in London. A report by the Inspector of Constabulary says the force did not act in a heavy-handed manner when dealing with women on Clapham Common in South London. You might remember officers were seen grabbing several people and leading them away in handcuffs. A man's been flown to a London hospital with serious injuries after a van caught fire near Paddock Wood. Emergency crews were called to the A228 Maidstone Road, not far from the hot farm yesterday. Police are looking into how the fire started, but it's not thought to be suspicious. There are calls for a temporary ban on lorries parking up on Kent's roads to become permanent. Restrictions were brought in at the start of this year to deal with any disruption caused by Brexit. The measures were only due to last six months, but council bosses are being urged to extend it indefinitely to encourage HGV drivers to park in suitable places. Now, for the first time in more than 30 years, major work for the Royal Navy is underway in Medway. Rochester-based BAE Systems is involved in designing and making controls for the UK's next generation of submarine. The Dreadnought project is supporting 130 jobs in the town, with that number expected to grow. It's the first major contract to be awarded to the area since the dockyard at Chatham closed in the 80s. John Tucker is from BAE Systems. It's really exciting for us, bringing some um, Royal Naval work back to the Midway Towns is, is obviously really exciting for, for us at BA Systems, but hopefully for the whole community as well. It seems to be a long time coming. Absolutely, and we were talking just before, it's, it's sort of 35 years since there has been any sort of jobs like that down here, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It seems a long time. And I, I, I grew up around in this area. I remember a lot of people uh, with jobs down here and, and uh, big employers like the Dockyard and BA Systems at the time um, and bringing that kind of work back to the, to the, the area is, is brilliant. I think, I think a lot of people in the area are going to be really pleased to see it happening. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, I think there's going to be some enthusiasm and hopefully we'll be able to create a few more jobs at Rochester over the coming years. Um, the, uh, the area has a, has a real naval history, doesn't it? I mean, how important is it that Royal Navy work it has come back? For me, I think it's, it's excellent. I think um, we've, we've, obviously at Rochester, we've, we've done a lot of work with the, uh, the armed forces, certainly in the aviation world over the last 50 years, really. But to bring some of that naval work back as well is, is excellent. I think we're, we're all very excited.
and confident going into sort of the submarine world, as it were, now Absolutely. after aviation? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we've been working on it actually for a couple of years now, but due to the sensitive nature, we're not being able to do too much in terms of media releases. But I think now we're getting the story out there, people hopefully will, will get on the... Um, be, be excited to do part of it. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. A drug that was used in the murder of a Gravesend man is going to be reclassified to recognise how dangerous it can be. 21-year-old Daniel Whitworth had his drink spiked with GHB by serial killer Stephen Port in 2014. The liquid substance will be moved from Class C to B, meaning anyone found with it will face tougher penalties. A young woman from Gravesend is calling for post-sepsis syndrome to be taken more seriously. Jessica Tuffield, who's a UK Sepsis Trust ambassador, has recovered from the illness twice. She's been explaining that the after-effects are similar to long COVID. Brain fog is an absolute nightmare. Mem- short-term memory, um, it kind of like comes and goes. Um, and anxiety of getting ill, constantly fearful that I'm going to be sepsis again and you know nightmares the nightmares were horrific Um, and I say it a lot my nightmares were every single night and the same dream reoccurring of my teeth falling out and when I looked into that that was a sign of you've lost you've lost a part of yourself and I thought I was on my own until I started doing my ambassador work and advocacy that people were saying to me I've been having the worst nightmares and I'm like oh my God, I'm, I'm not alone. And this is the thing, nightmares are a part of post-sepsis syndrome. Um, what are the sort of, some of the similarities between post-sepsis syndrome and long COVID? Because there are a few of them, aren't there? Yeah, it's becoming clearer and clearer. Um, I've seen posts where people say that they're suffering with PTSD, anxiety, brain fog, memory loss. Um, And then you've got the psychological effects, again, fear of it coming back. Um, And then breathlessness, you know, and people not being able to move properly, joint pain, muscle pain, um, chronic fatigue. Everything I've listed there is what I've heard from long COVID. Everything there is what I've heard from post-sepsis syndrome and experienced myself. The 25-year-old also says she's still experiencing symptoms four years on and wants post-sepsis syndrome to be a recognised diagnosis. Dog owners are being warned to keep their pets away from chocolate this Easter after a chihuahua from Chatham needed life-saving treatment. Two-year-old Bailey had to be rushed to the vets after eating an Easter egg. Chocolate is poisonous for dogs and even small amounts could be deadly. It's feared blocked drains around Canterbury could be contributing to pollution levels at a nearby nature reserve. Problems with the water quality at Stobmarsh Lakes has recently led to a number of housing developments in the east of the county being put on hold. The county council says it regularly clears 70,000 drains across Kent and anyone with concerns about blockages should contact them. A new hotel in Canterbury is set to open in just over a month's time, more than 20 years after the former one on the same site closed. Hampton by Hilton has cost £20 million and will boast 129 bedrooms. It's at the same location as the former Slatters Hotel on St Margaret Street in the city and will welcome guests from the 26th of May. Now, a 10-year-old from Snodland has been recognised internationally for an invention to help those with hearing loss. Abigail Denny wears hearing aids and has always struggled to hear other people when she's outside on a windy day. She designed small windshields that clip over the microphone. Ish has been chatting to Abby and her mum, Cathy. I had a 
decided to make this because outside it is really annoying and I can't hear anyone. But now I can when I make them. Um, and I can hear people and I can hear anything but the wind, really. I mean, what's been the sort of general reaction, not only from the judges, but from your family, perhaps your friends and other people who you feel you can help? I feel that I can help everyone and they feel proud of me. I, yeah, they, they're proud of me and they all say they're proud to be my friend and proud to be my relatives, everyone that I've told. Yeah, I guess you want to try and obviously raise more awareness of, of this type of issue. Um, do you think this this type of invention you're hoping will obviously uh, you'll get that more awareness from from people who who are perhaps having trouble with with hearing? Yes, I am hoping this invention will help them and will help all deaf children and adults. I am hoping this will be part of a new thing any ordinary thing. Uh, Kathy, how, how proud are you of, of Abby and her invention? Uh, yeah, really, really proud of Abby. Um, when she said she wanted to enter the Medell competition, um, which we found out about through the Kent Deaf Children's Society, um, I was really excited for her, but it also gave us um, an insight. I didn't realise how much difficulty she was having out and about and on windy days and that she couldn't hear us um, very well outside. So that kind of brought that to, to light and made us more aware of, of another challenge that she's been facing. So really, really proud of her. Great. And, and, and uh, I mean, you said yourself that you didn't quite realise how big of an issue it was. And I imagine this is something that's affecting potentially a lot of children as well. And it's something that they will certainly be hoping can be tackled really and perhaps um, Abby's invention is, is the key to doing that. Yeah absolutely um, when Abby decided to enter the competition she she sat down with her sister and um, talked about all of the different challenges that she was facing at the moment um, and then sort of looked at which was the biggest issue and, and that was it it's the the noise in the hearing aids when she's out and about so yeah hopefully that will raise awareness and, and help others as well. Abby was highly commended after competing against more than 100 children from 28 different countries. Rochester has been named the best place in England to sell a property quickly. Researchers looked at how long places usually spend on the market and Rochester had an average of just 52 days. Mayfair in London had the longest time at 272 days, with the average property price also nearly 10 times higher. And a new outdoor mini golf course is going to be opening in Kent in time for the Easter weekend. Charlie's Crazy Golf will launch this Friday at Folkestone Harbour Arm. You can see pictures of the nine course at Kent Online. It'll remain open every day over the school holidays. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.